The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. We're talking about the disappearance of a gorgeous young diminutive woman, Shannon Graves, who goes missing, yet neighbors see her driving by in her car with her dog. So how is she missing? Well, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I do know this. A body turns up in a friend's freezer. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A 28-year-old young woman goes missing. What happened to Shannon? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here. Take a listen to Crime Online's John Limley. Shannon Graves had not been seen for months. This is what her family told police when they filed a missing persons report in June 2017. Her half-sister, Debbie DePaul, told reporters that Graves' friends last saw her in February. But she also said it wasn't unusual for Shannon to go for some time without talking with her family. Now, what was unusual for the 28-year-old was to leave home without her car, her dog, and her phone. All three were left behind. Something to keep in mind, DePaul described the woman as pretty, Petite, she was rather small, but with a big personality. And when it comes to her size, she was exactly right. When she went missing, Graves was four foot eleven, and she weighed about ninety-eight pounds. Is this all a big hoax? Because after she's reported missing, she's seen driving her car. Her credit card is used. She's even walking her dog. But yet she seemingly has vanished from the lives of everyone she knows. What is happening to Shannon? Again, thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111 with me, an all-star panel, former felony prosecutor, now defense attorney, Daryl Cohen, joining me from the Atlanta jurisdiction, psychoanalyst to the stars, Dr. Bethany Marshall, joining me from L.A., Stephen Lampley, detective and author, Outside Your Door at StephenLampley.com. 
former chief medical examiner for the entire state of Georgia, Dr. Chris Sperry, and lead news anchor, WDBO Morning, Ray Caputo. Ray, I want to talk about first Shannon Graves. She's just 28 years old, but she's barely five feet tall. She only weighs, you know, 90, 100 pounds. She's a tiny, tiny, diminutive woman. Just beautiful, I might add. She looks like somebody on TV. I'm trying to figure out who that is she looks like. Anyway, gorgeous. And she's reported missing. Tell me about who reported her missing and how they noticed she was missing. Well, Nancy, it wasn't uncommon, according to family members, for Shannon to go long periods of time without contacting family members. So when she first kind of people noticed that she wasn't around, it wasn't like, you know, somebody you see every day where you immediately notice it. She was last seen on Christmas Day in 2016. And then her sister said she saw her a couple months later in mid-February. But again, it's kind of abnormal. You'd think when somebody goes missing in a matter of days, people notice, but it wasn't like that with Shannon. So she was last seen that February by her sister. You know, that's how people fall through the cracks, Dr. Bethany Marshall. Um, because I've told you this story. My mom, this is when you still got charged for a long-distance call. My mom worked, you know, 30, 40 minutes from our home. And... The moment she got to work, they had what was called a Watts line at the time. It's an 800 number. So the moment she got there, she'd get there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Wherever I was in the world, she'd call me uh, to make sure I was up getting ready to go to court or had already left. She would call me immediately the moment she got there. And we were in touch every day. And typically on my way home from work, I'd call my dad, my mom, talk to them on the way home. So that was a regular routine. She did not have that routine. So the family, after they see her in February, didn't realize she was missing for a period of months, Bethany. Nancy, this is so unusual because all of the cases we cover, think about it. Usually it's the coworkers, like with your mom. The coworkers say, hey, the employee has not shown up for work. Or the person vanishes on social media. They stop posting on Instagram or Facebook. Or the most important call of the day to your mother, right? It's always the mothers who know. These young women, Shannon Graves was, what, 27, 28 years old? When I was that age, I called my mother all the time. I would never have been able to go two or three days without talking to a family member So, you know, the positive side was that she was a free spirit. She loved to drive around with her dog and everything. The negative side is that she seems to be either an introvert or isolated, um, having a very low need for contact with family members. And as you know, Nancy, and you're talking about, that really put her at risk. It really did. You know, I'm thinking about how she could have gone a period of months with no one realizing she was gone. Maybe she had mentioned a vacation. Maybe she went on a vacation. Nobody knew. But we don't know how many days had really passed that Shannon had actually been missing. The other thing it points to would be a possible DV situation, domestic violence. I was thinking, what young woman... um, falls out of contact with everybody in their life 
maybe if she had a very controlling boyfriend. I don't know much about the boyfriend in this case. Well, we don't know anything at all about domestic abuse. But what we do know is that she seemingly dropped off the face of the earth. But then there were conflicting reports. Uh, Neighbors and others saw her driving her car, which we heard was abandoned. They see her with her dog, which we were told was left alone back at the apartment. Her credit cards, her ATMs were used to suggest that she was still alive and not missing at all. Is Bethany right? Is she hiding out from some lover she wants to get away from? To see her walking her dog out in the open, to see her drive by in her car with her dog in the car, that seemed to dispel police's fears because the suggestions that she was missing or even dead, that didn't jive with the fact that she's spotted in her own car, in her own neighborhood with her dog. Now, the sister, the half-sister tells us she was missing, her dog was left behind, her other objects uh, like pocketbook and so forth, all left behind. She was the only one missing, yet neighbors have spotted her in the neighborhood in her car. That doesn't fit together. So there you have the dichotomy, Daryl Cohen. Nancy, do they really see her drive by or do they see her car and they assume that she's the one driving it? Do they see her drive by? Is there a dog in the car? They see the dog. They once again assume it's her. Is that really what happened? Yes, it's her dog and her car. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about the mysterious disappearance of a young woman near Youngstown. Then there seems to be a break in the case. 
take a listen to Janet Rogers, WFMJ. They um, have an autistic son. They were going to, she was going to make spaghetti. And so she opened the freezer lock, the three screws that took the, the padlock off so she could open it. And when she looked inside, she saw garbage bags and um, a garbage bag and uh, a pail. And she basically thought something was very wrong. She screwed it back on. And when her husband came home, she said, something is really wrong. I was going to make spaghetti for our son. He's autistic and he loves spaghetti. And she was going to get some meat and replace it. And he said it took him about five minutes before he could even go look because then suddenly he started fearing the worst because he did know Shannon Graves. She had spent time at the home. He thought she was um, a very polite, very nice uh, woman and was just terrified because suddenly things started adding up. She had been missing. Okay, that's really weird. And I'll tell you why. Just night before last, I see something in the freezer. I'm looking for ice cream for John David, of course. And I see something wrapped in tinfoil. I have no idea what it is. It's not marked. So I took it out, thought it out. It was this giant thing of meatloaf. My mom had made God only knows when and had bundled in this huge thing of tinfoil and put it in a plastic bag. You know, I never once thought, wow, could that be so-and-so's missing foot? Could, could, it never would dawn on me that an unknown or unidentifiable frozen object could be a body part. But this guy says the first thing he thought was, uh-oh, that's Shannon. That's Shannon in my freezer. See, those two things do not fit together for me. Plus, how do you explain neighbors seeing her driving around the neighborhood in her car with her dog? So this mom says she wanted to make spaghetti for her son, goes down, opens the freezer, and sees garbage bags. And the husband immediately goes, oh, yeah, I bet that's the missing woman, Shannon. Hmm. Take a listen to more of Janet Rogers, WFMJ. When he finally got up the courage to go look in the freezer, he saw the garbage bags. He um basically tried to open it it was frozen solid and he said that he tried and that didn't work so he went and he got um he you know he got a knife and he cut one bag and he said it was a heavy duty contractor's bag and then he got to another layer and there was another bag and then then is when the smell hit him and then basically he cut open another bag and that's when he saw the foot and leg, and he, they both screamed. They went and called 911. They have been crying when I spoke with them on Sunday, a day after they found that body, and called 911 immediately. Wow. So the husband, Ken Ushinpaw, starts digging through garbage bags in the freezer. Must have been one of those deep freezers that you lift up like a trunk. And realizes that it is, in fact, a human body. To former chief medical examiner for the entire state of Georgia, Dr. Chris Sperry, who can withstand practically anything on cross-examination, cross I can attest to that, 
Dr. Sperry, what effect does freezing have on a body? And I'm very curious in this case why the killer didn't just dispose of the body parts. Why put them in a freezer where they can be discovered later? So that's a whole nother can of worms. But what effect does freezing have on the body? I, I'm curious because this witness, Ken Eschenbaugh, says he opened the bags, the body was frozen, yet the stench of decomposition hit him. Wouldn't freezing get rid of that smell? No, freezing will not do that. If uh, a body is fresh, uh, whether it's the body's intact... Okay, stop right there. Sure. Let me just drink that in. (laughs) If a body is fresh. Fresh. Never heard it described like that, but okay, I'll take that away. If if a person has recently died, let's let's put it that way, and... That's much nicer. um, There it is. That's more palatable. And then the body is put into a freezer, uh, whether it's then dis- whether it's dismembered or intact, as, lo- as long as the time between death and the freezing is fairly short, a few hours, then um, there will be no odor once uh, the, bo- the parts are discovered and the bags are open. However, if a, a body begins to decompose, and is then frozen or dismembered and then froze, the parts are frozen, the decomposition odors will not go away at all. Freezing does not eliminate decomposition. Even though when the body parts were discovered, um, the, they clearly, there clearly had been significant decomposition before the dismembered parts were put into the freezer, and that odor will stay there whether it's a month or a year or no matter how long. So what does that tell you forensically, Dr. Chris Berry? That tells me that when the, when the person was murdered, there was uh, a period of time, probably a, at least a day at room temperature, uh, perhaps even as long as three, four, or five days. I mean, we can tell more by looking at the the portions of the body, looking at the tissues. But it tells me that enough time had passed between the per- when the person died and then was dismembered and frozen that decomposition had, al- had already set in. Uh, so that's, you know, that, that def- shows right there there's an interval between the, the time of death and then the uh, uh, hiding of the body parts of the freezer. So bottom line, the killer left her body lying around, as you said, at room temperature. You do know, Dr. Sperry, you refer to human bodies as if they're, mm, I don't know, produce. Just want to make you aware of that. The fresh well, it's, it's, body. It works, it's just, it just... Wor- Okay. Did you say it's work? It's just work. Did you, when you were a, a little boy, Dr. Sperry, what did you want to be when you grew up? Because I'm just curious. I wanted to be a doctor from the age of four. My mother could, could attest to that. But I decided to be a forensic pathologist when I was 15. Um, I used to ride my bicycle to the medical library or the science library at the University of Kansas and just walk through the stacks looking for books. And one day, I found a book on forensic pathology, which I probably checked out and took home, and I decided then and there, that is what I want to do. And my dream came true. I don't really know what to say. Um, 
even as a young boy, you dreamed of dead bodies. You know, I'm going to let you and Dr. Bethany Marshall take up that issue privately. But I'm just trying to get my mind around what you're saying to Daryl Cohen. I was going down the rabbit hole of, do we ever stop and hear ourselves describing dead bodies like they're produce? But I want to talk about the forensics in this case. That means that the killer left her just, what, lying there for a period of time before doing anything with her body. That suggests to me a, 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 a real plethora of possibilities. Were they so arrogant, so sure they wouldn't get caught that they could just leave a body sitting there unattended to? Nancy, I'm wondering if it was just the opposite, that the killer was afraid because, and I, it was obviously a he in my view, he had somewhere else to be, and if he wasn't there at or near the time he was supposed to be there, that would send out, oh my gosh, where is he, where You're is right. he? And then later, they would tie that back to him. So I think one good theory is that he went to where he had to be, and he had to leave the body to decompose, and then the, so he could come back to it later and then put it on ice deep freezer. I, I think you're right. I think your theory is very, very possible. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're talking about the disappearance of a gorgeous young diminutive woman, Shannon Graves, who goes missing, yet neighbors see her driving by in her car with her dog. So how's she missing? Well, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I do know this. A body turns up in a friend's freezer, and it looks like a woman's foot. They call 911. You know, I was trying to figure out who she looked at. It's been bothering me. She looks like a much younger Carrie Fisher with a side pony um, around the time of the first Star Wars. Very, very beautiful. Princess, uh, Princess Leia, that's who she looks like. Anyway, long story short, this body turns up in a freezer 
the moment the homeowner opens the freezer, he realizes something's very wrong, thinks it's a body, opens a, a trash bag, and yes, he finds a human foot. Now, I don't need a medical degree, no offense, Dr. Sperry, to know this is murder. Take a listen now to Joe Gorman with the Vindicator. And I looked at the coroner's report today to see if it would shed any light on, on that because they never really did give a cause of death for her. And the coroner's report doesn't say too much. It, it mentions how um, she was, how what they found was cut up. They found a foot. They, there were two or three different bags in there with different body parts. But the coroner's ruling said that it was, it ruled her death as homicide by unspecified means. It didn't mention anything about a timeline or anything like that. With a body dismembered in this manner, it may be very, very difficult to get a COD cause of death. And I believe it was Daryl Cohen pointed out earlier, yes, it has to be a guy. Not absolutely, but I mean, Stephen Lampley, detective, author of Outside Your Door, have you ever seen a female killer that dismembered the body. Nancy, I have not, and I, I won't say that it's never happened. I'm not familiar with it, and I've never had that experience, to be honest. Neither have I. Of course, if it did happen, she was smart enough to get rid of all the evidence and didn't leave it in a freezer. So, you know what I keep hearing? Ray Caputo, lead anchor, WDBO, I keep hearing about a foot and another foot. Nobody's mentioned a head. Well, Nancy, it's because they never found it. Uh, parts of her body have never been found, only bits and pieces. You know, Ray Caputo, I bet they never found her hands either. I haven't heard that. I don't know that to be true. But it seems to me that the killer was trying to avoid her body being identified. Yeah, I mean, that's correct. It seems like great lengths. I mean, first off, anybody that goes through the trouble of freezing a body and cutting up, I mean, if, if killing somebody wasn't disgusting enough, you have to have quite a stomach to do that. So they did go through great lengths, you know, just by the nature of how she was the parts of her were found. It's, it's just quite bizarre. Guys, I'm also curious about how this freezer ends up in your basement. And you don't know there is a dead body in it. Police began backtracking. They, they look at everyone that thinks they've seen Shannon Graves alive in the recent past. And as Daryl Cohen alluded in the very beginning of this murder mystery, was that really Shannon Graves. Was that Shannon Graves that we see go by in her car? I want to go to Dr. Chris Sperry. Dr. Sperry, without a head and without hands, how can a body be identified? Well, if you're lucky enough to uh, find, say, tattoos or significant scars on the body, uh, those can be unique identifying marks, uh, especially if a tattoo has a name or is very unique. Now, lots of people have all kinds of surgical scars that, you know, at least it may give some idea or, or uh, you know, if you know that a missing person had, say, a hysterectomy and the autopsy shows that there's no uterus or fallopian tubes, no female organs, well, at least that's a start. But honestly, in this day and age, uh, DNA. Uh, that that is how the vast majority of identifications are accomplished today in situations like we're, we have here where the head is missing and perhaps the hands also. There, there's still a ton of DNA, even with the de decomposition state of the tissues, uh, if, if necessary, we can take DNA from the bone marrow and still identify someone.
DNA from the bone marrow. You know, I want to circle back to what Daryl Cohen, former prosecutor, now defense attorney in the Atlanta jurisdiction, said earlier, because these people were sure they had seen Shannon Grace. So if it's not her driving her car and her dog and her credit cards and her ATM, even her clothes, then what? Is there a mysterious evil twin? She does not have a twin. So is there a doppelganger? What led you to say that, Daryl Cohen? Nancy, because in all the years I prosecuted and in all the years I've defended, the least, the least person, the people who absolutely identify the person or persons or perps are not very reliable. Oh, not you and the bad eyewitness again. You know what? So many defense attorneys have whined. The eyewitness didn't see what they saw. We actually, it's actually in the law now, in the statute, uh, the case law that says with eyewitnesses, you need to, and this is routine, SOP. When I put up an eyewitness, uh, what time of the day was it? Do you wear glasses? Was it well lit? How far away were you? Was your view obstructed? Were the influence of drugs or alcohol at the time? There's actually a litany that you put your eyewitness through because of people just like Daryl Cohen that would love to tell a jury the eyewitness didn't see what they saw. But in this case, sadly, is Daryl Cohen absolutely correct? Uh-oh, hold on. I'm not going to let him in because he's going to gloat. Let me, let me go to Dr. Bethany Marshall just a moment. Dr. Bethany, this woman, her, her feet and other parts of her body in garbage bags in a freezer, who... In the world would think of wearing her clothes using her atm and credit card taking her dog out driving her car even wearing her hats long story short what kind of mind would take over the clothing and the life to be an imposter for a dead girl another jealous woman another woman who wants her life another woman who envies her Nancy, this reminds me a little of these crimes where a woman wants to become pregnant, gets pseudosiesis, which is a false pregnancy, finds a pregnant woman, kidnaps her, and cuts the baby out of the pregnant mom's belly. They want what the other person has. Who wanted what Shannon Graves had? Was there somebody who was befriending her? Was sending her gifts, soliciting contact with her, trying to cozy up to her family or to her boyfriends or to her place of employment. I bet there was some woman somewhere who was obsessed with her, and I would try to follow the clues in that direction. But uh, to the extent that you would wear a dead woman's clothes and walk her dog for Pete's sake? Bethany? Well, hey, if you're going to cut a baby out of a pregnant mom's Will you stop belly, with the baby cut out of a pregnant mom? That has nothing to do with this that we know <laughs> of yet. But why would you wear Except, the dead woman's clothes? You know, I think... Well, you chop her up in bits and then go, oh, I think I'll try on her maxi well, dress. I mean, you know, it's, it's a really? little like... Um, I'm digging her hat. That's... <laughs> a, no. Who was it where the, the head of the fan club killed the star? Was it Selena? Selena! So, Hello? Yes. Okay, so she gained proximity to this star. She became her biggest fan. She learned everything about her, her comings, her goings, her bank accounts, her, you know, she infiltrated her fan club, became the head of it. But she didn't want to be close to her. She wanted to be her. So whoever did this wanted to be Shannon Graves. 
wanted that kind of a life. And I bet it was a weak individual who did not know how to build a life of her own. She had to steal a life. She had to take it from somebody else. Did Shannon Grace have a boyfriend? I don't know. Was this, this person wanting other aspects of Shannon's life? Did she have Shannon? Yes, Arthur Navoa had a boyfriend. Okay. Dr. Bethany Marshall getting into the psyche of someone that could take part in a brutal murder and dismemberment of this young woman, gorgeous, 28-year-old Shannon Graves. She's about 4'8", 4'9". She weighs about 90 pounds, just a little wisp of a woman, but with a big personality, and then suddenly assume her identity, live her life. Take a listen now to what we learned from Ken Eschenbach. Uh, I saw her leg. <laughs> Me and my wife just screamed, and we came up, and I went to the front steps. I called 911. Take a listen to WKBN-TV Stan Bonet. The two people in connection with this crime are Arturio Navoa and Katrina Layton. Now, keep in mind, these two have only been charged with abuse of a corpse. They have yet to be charged with the murder in connection with Shannon Graves. Uh, we do know that Shannon Graves and Arturo Navoa were at one point boyfriend and girlfriend. They lived in an apartment on Mahoning Avenue in Youngstown. That uh, when eventually uh, Katrina Layton came into the picture and she was seen driving uh, Graves' car using her cell phone and basically taking the place of Shannon Graves. Dr. Bethany Marshall. You're absolutely correct, and so are you, Daryl Cohen. So, Dr. Bethany Marshall, since um, Daryl Cohen has, in fact, confessed he's just a JD, not a psychoanalyst like you, let me go to you to explain the thinking. What is going on in this woman's mind that she takes over the identity of Shannon Graves after taking part, obviously, taking part in murdering her? Well, didn't we see this in the Dulos murder, Jennifer Dulos, that... Her husband recruited another woman to help dispose of the body. This is not an uncommon story, sadly. But I don't remember the girlfriend in Dulos wearing Jennifer's clothes uh, this is, this or is driving a good point. her car. This is a good point. You know, Nancy. But still, yes. The psychology is that the boy, Samantha Graves' boyfriend begins to devalue and to degrade her to the new girlfriend, to put her down to tell story. He begins to build a narrative that Shannon Graves doesn't really deserve the life he's, he's quote unquote, air quotes, given her. She doesn't deserve that beautiful car she drives around. She doesn't deserve that loving dog. She doesn't deserve the money in the bank accounts because he, after all, has provided all of it to her. And why is that B-I-T-C-H taking things that are not hers to take? He builds the narrative with the new lover and the new girlfriend who buys into it and begins to develop a paranoid relationship with Samantha and with society that he's like God and she'll only bloom if he's, she's planted in his garden. Pretty soon they begin to conspire to get rid of Samantha and to take over her life because they have already, in a sense, destroyed the goodness of her personality in their minds. And by the time they kill her, they chop her up, they put her in a freezer, they have completely rationalized that her belongings belong to them. They're not hers, they're theirs. It's petty theft at a very grand, elaborate level.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about the mysterious disappearance of a young woman or Youngstown. You know what's interesting? Uh, Stephen Lampley, Daryl Cohen, we all three agree that we've never seen a female killer dismember a body yet. But isn't it true, Ray Caputo, WDBO, that it was... Layton, 36-year-old Katrina Layton, that went and bought the freezer and bought sulfuric acid. Oh, yeah, Nancy. She was a willing participant. She she also helped move the body, too. But, you know, like she, she was uh, not just on the sidelines of all this. And, you know, a lot of that came out when she went to trial. But, yeah, I mean, she bought sulfuric acid. She bought the freezer. She helped move the body. She knew what she was doing. So in your mind, Stephen Lampley, detective, author of Outside Your Door... She's in the thick of it. She may very well have taken part in dismembering the body. She's the one that buys the freezer. She's the one that buys the sulfuric acid. She's in the, the thick of it. Nancy, she is, and she's well involved. In the, I mean, she, like you said, she bought the freezer. Obviously, or I would think that she helped even in the dismembering. That's my initial thought. But, yeah, she is so involved in this murder. You know, to Dr. Bethany Marshall on my keychain, I have, you know, you can those little, you can get those little plastic frames. I know I've got at least five of the twins and all of us together at different spots. Here we are at the beach eating at Krabby Joe's. Here we are at NASA pretending like we're floating in space. I mean, listen to this. Did you know the lover, Arthur Navoa, kept the key to the padlock on his keychain? Now, when they moved out of the apartment, they moved the freezer with the dead body in the freezer to these friends, the Eschenbergs. But he kept it. And every time he had to crank his car or unlock his house, he had to see that padlock and think, Shannon Graves, my lover, she's dismembered in the freezer. 
How do you do that every day? Look right at it on your keychain. Nancy, I always say, as in life, so in death, meaning he controlled her in life, he controlled her in death. He's a control freak, and so is his girlfriend, controlling to the point of being homicidal, wanting to complete control over the body. I think, Nancy, that some something happened where they conspired to kill her, but they were not far-sighted enough to know what to do with the body, and so it lay there for several days while they contemplated their next move. It takes an enormous amount of energy to dismember a body. You know, you can ask uh, Mr. Sperry, Dr. Sperry, blood all over the place. I mean, it's, it's a Herculean task. They finally put her in the freezer. They secrete the freezer or they give it to a friend. He has the key to the padlock. He imagines that he still has control over her, that she's his, that no one would ever get in that freezer because he and only he has the key. And that's what abusers think. They think that they are the sole person in charge of that other person's life. I, I think it's that simple psychology in this case. Is it true, Ray Caputo, that Navoa enlisted other people to help him dispose of the body? Yeah, Nancy, I wish I could say that, that Leighton and Navoa were the only two people involved, but he had another friend, Andrew Herman, who apparently helped him mutilate the body. And then to make matters worse, Andrew Herman was married at the time, and he had a wife who helped out as well, moving and disposing things. So it wasn't just these two depraved individuals. There were a couple more involved, and I think that's the really sick part is that, you know, you'd think that one person would come to their senses, but, but all four of them took part in this. I mean, Daryl Cohen, I've wondered this a million times. When you have a group of defendants that take part in a murder, man, the first time somebody says, hey, you want to help me dismember a body? You'd see nothing to me but elbows and tail hole, because I'd be running straight to call police. Not here. These people went, oh, sure. What is that? It seems to me, <clears throat> pardon me, that these people have nothing on their mind but to help their buddy, and this is really cool. But I'll tell you what, Nancy, when it's time to roll over, one of those people decides, I am not guilty. I am going to tell because I don't want prison the rest of my life. You know, the family is left wondering. Take a listen to WKBN Stan Bonet. There were lots of hugs around the gazebo at Austintown Township Park as the family of Shannon Graves held an evening to remember her. It was organized by her sister, Debbie DePaul. Shannon was her own little spirit. She was um, her free spirit. One of Shannon's good friends was John Scarada. She was awesome. She was a great person, always full energy. On top of everything that uh, she did, like really focused. She has a lot of friends, if you could tell by the people that are coming here. Shannon Graves' father, Ronnie DePaul, also showed up and said he's handling it because he has to. But uh, without all the standards, what she ever could have done to have these two people do what he did to her. I already got to bury part of a body. Uh, just everything around her being missing wasn't right. So we kind of didn't know the specifics or the gruesomeness of it, but figured pretty much something like that had happened. 48 to life, but Shannon's family still, still distraught over the light treatment Leighton and others got. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.